Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Way In Sports Talk. An hour off of our normal, regular schedule time. We were not going to cancel this show tonight. A lot to talk about. Game 7 of the World Series currently going on in a 2-2 two two tie. I pick Kansas City to win it. We'll see what happens. A lot of game left, and we'll talk about Bum Gardner, or Bum Gardner, whatever you want to call him. We'll talk about his impact on tonight's game, if he's going to have one at all, will the Giants bring him in on short rest and pitch him, risking their franchise, risking the future, a young arm? We'll, we'll discuss that. The college football playoff committee, what rankings released last night, and Trey and I both got three right, which is more than most people got. And uh, the first three to me were no-brainers. And actually, I found out to the committee they were no-brainers. But that fourth one was between Ole Miss, Bama, and Oregon. Ole Miss won that that battle for this week. And, Trey, thanks for joining the show, bud. Hope all's well. I know it's a late start, but thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm watching the World Series, doing a little radio with you. It's a good night, buddy. It is. And, and tell me, I mean, you, you got three out of the four last night on your predictions of what the committee, not not your predictions, but what you thought the committee would predict. Three out of four is not bad. I think you missed Oregon, correct? Yeah, and, you know, that really boiled down to, you know, I look at good wins, bad losses, and thought their good win overran it. Uh, but you really, I mean, for now, I don't have a problem with what the committee did, Carvin, to be honest, with the old mess. This is going to shake out this week. So, um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, right now you can really, uh, I agree with the first three. I think they're pretty solid. Um, as you know, that's the three I've had for a while. Um, but the fourth is definitely up for debate right now, but that debate is going to play itself off the field starting this week. Well, Trey, we're going to go over the rankings momentarily, but, you know, I, I keep hearing people refer to Saturday night's game, Auburn at Ole Miss, three versus four, an elimination game. And, and, and Trey, I'll be honest, it's still you're halfway through the season, and if Auburn did somehow lose that game, a close game on the road to number four, they won out beating two top ten teams on the road addition to what, in addition to what they've done. You never know what can happen in football, so are you ready to call this an elimination game? Because I'm just not with the strength of schedule left for both of these teams. I mean, you never know what can happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for a two-loss team to get in, uh, but it's not impossible. I mean, uh, we've seen things like this happen before. Uh, we've seen, uh, and, you know, with two-loss teams being, uh, still very much into a race, uh, whether it was the BCS or or before even we had that. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not as uh, unprecedented as you may think, especially with four teams. With so much football to play, I mean, a lot of these one-loss teams could lose again, and then maybe a two-loss team does sneak in, uh, because I'm not so sure that, say, a one-loss Ohio State uh, is a more competitive team uh, than, say, a two-loss. Auburn if they lose to two top five teams. 
Exactly. I mean, that's a, a perfect example, but but it is. To, I mean, it could be viewed as an elimination game. It sure is a game that's going to spring that team forward a little bit more and give them a tougher resume. But I was so proud of the committee last night. You know, at the end of the day, I think they got it right. I mean, is Alabama better than Ole Miss? Is Ole Miss better than Alabama? All they had to go by, Trey, was really both of them had a loss, and they had a head-to-head in this battle. And I'm glad to see that they gave it to Ole Miss because, you know, the BCS, the the previous system we had, the BCS, I guarantee you, Trey, would have had Alabama up there. But because of the way this committee is, they value head-to-head wins and Ole Miss did go on the road at night and lose to a, a powerhouse, really. Even though Ole Miss, Alabama's Ole Miss, or lost to Ole Miss was good, it still wasn't the head-to-head. So were, were you glad to see the committee get it right in that aspect? And, Trey, you're on mute, buddy. Well, I don't know what happened to my co-host, but uh, let's see if anybody's in the chat room at this time. I know it's late. But Trey, your mic is hot right now, so so talk when you when you get this. I don't know what's going on, but I was glad to see him get it right. Alabama did lose to Ole Miss, and even though it was on the road, it's still this early in the season. There's not enough to go by right now to to really judge is 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 deep. Can you hear me, Trey? Yeah, I'm sorry. My phone was I couldn't find the unmute button on the iPhone for a second. It went to a different screen. I was really confused. So sorry, buddy. Um, okay, were, were you, are, are you glad to see the committee get it right? Uh, I don't know it's still early. Now, five or six games down the road here, that head-to-head matchup might not be as important. But this early in the season, Ole Miss has went over Alabama. When you're comparing those teams, that's really the only way you can compare those two. Well, and, and you know, again, we're looking at a body of work where Alabama's the schedule isn't that great right now. I mean, Alabama thinks it is. But when you look at two teams, Ole Miss and Alabama, who don't have great strings of schedules against each other, it's very similar. I mean, you, you do rely on head-to-head in that regard. I think that's a safe way to play it. Um, you know, obviously at this point there's arguments for, for I think, more than one team in Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, but I don't think anybody had a huge problem with it, or at least a lot of folks didn't. And, and that's ultimately said they're looking at a lot of factors. I mean, we, you know, I talked to you about, this in the past where you saw committee members watching, you know, Washington State play late at night because they are interested in all of the matchups that may affect the season. And they look ahead. They look at, well, I need to know what Washington State's going to do because what if they end up beating Oregon later on? I need to see, you know, they're looking at all these things to determine who the best four are. And it's pretty clear they've done that in the first, first, uh, first ranking. Yeah, they they definitely did, and and I was just glad to see, you know, and I know a lot of people out there, and it's not over. It's still early, you know, talking about the SEC bias, that this was made, this committee, to make sure two SEC teams, you know, didn't get in or didn't play each other. But let's all remember one thing before we jump to that conclusion. It's still very early, and three out of those four teams, or three out of the, or all the six teams in the SEC, the top six, are going to play each other in some former fashion so i don't i don't i'm not ready to applaud the committee and say well their their integrity is all integrity because trey is too early now you can't really award michigan state anything until they actually win the big 10 or or oregon until they win the pac-12 or tcu or someone until they win a conference so are you ready just to 
to have a hundred percent faith in this committee just after one week of ranking? I have a hundred percent faith that there is no grand conspiracy that a lot of folks in the SEC may think. <laughs> um, there is no conspiracy against the SEC with this committee. It seems like they're uh, very interested in getting it right. Uh, now, that many people disagree with their results by drawing Tarvin, but we know that they're considering very good factors. Like uh, it was clear that they they rewarded Auburn for playing at Kansas State. Uh, you know, they, they were very clear in in those. Those type of decisions. And Tarvin, you talked about the BCS. Um, you know, the BCS still has a has a Twitter feed if you didn't input. Uh, and they their rankings, Tarvin. Uh, you think Alabama would be in it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it'd have been Mississippi State, Florida State, Alabama, and Auburn. Uh, Auburn being four, and, and Ole Miss being all the way down at uh, six. So it would have been totally different. Well, I think the BCS also is factoring in one thing that the committee is not. And if you look at Auburn, they're six and one right now. Alabama is seven and one. That extra win this early in the season calculates different. That may be the reason why Alabama and the BCS is up there. But let's look at Alabama, Trey. Who have they really beaten to make you say, wow, this team is amazing? I mean, you look back to last year, you look at this year, West Virginia is their best win. And and I'm not ready to say West Virginia is a powerhouse just yet, but Alabama's remaining schedule will will tell how good they are. Oh yeah, Tarvin. I mean, this is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And you can't. Um, I don't like judging Alabama based on what if. They look real good right now, um, at least from what I see. But the problem is, I haven't seen real tough competition. Um, I like the way Blake Sims is progressing. I think he could be a very big time player when you don't talk about a, a Final Four, if you will. Um, but, you know, you're right. They play LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn. Uh, I'm sorry, Mississippi State and Auburn. Um, and we need to see um, those games, Tarvin, because right now those will decide out of the state. They win those games. They don't need to worry about what the committee is doing now because mm-hmm. they will control the state. Uh, but right now I don't have an issue with them being out, and that's just right now. Well, you look at LSU, that that win really helped Auburn as well, the 41-7 to win. LSU crept into the polls at 19 uh, with a 7-2 and record. These guys have played nine games in a row. I mean, that's one thing I look at. Their ninth game, Trey, without a bye week, they beat Ole Miss. I mean, that's saying something right there. And I think LSU starting to peak at the right time. If Alabama goes into Baton Rouge and wins, it looks better. They turn around and beat Mississippi State and Tuscaloosa. It looks good. They beat Auburn and Tuscaloosa. They're in. I mean, there's no no doubting it. If Alabama takes care of business, they're in. But I think the main thing I was looking at in these polls, Trey, you know, first, Florida State's in an elimination game, really. If they lose tomorrow night, they're going to be out of it because their schedule's weak for the remaining of the season. They've already played their toughest competition. But let's look at the. what did the polls tell you? What were you looking at? I know the top five is important to you and everything, but what did you look at that said that's what I was looking for in this poll? Is there any teams out there that jumped out at you? Maybe they have a chance to make a push, or maybe they're so far back that there's no chance. Well, the two things that really stood out to me that um, that, I, that I particularly thought was important was one at 16, you have Ohio State. Uh, I saw a lot, a lot of – um, ESPN love for Ohio State and JT Barrett and these guys, Jared, these guys are going to be in the playoffs. You can't discount him for Heisman. 
And and I just thought to myself, like, are you kidding me? Like, have you you watched them play? And they don't look good. Um, they've played, I think, the 79th ranked schedule. I mean, so we're not even talking about, you know, at this point, and it's going to get worse for them, uh, even a halfway reliable schedule. And I was and just to have them in a discussion strike, which struck me as just uh, nowhere near where it should be. And then so that, that was one of them. Uh, the committee saw Ohio State as what they are. Uh, and then Marshall not even being in the poll, uh, which <laughs> you and I saw heard in our show, uh, people really worried about them being in the poll, and, and that wasn't they, they weren't anywhere near the top four. They weren't even in the top. They weren't in, in the top twenty-five. Yeah, Where, where's Sonya tonight? She said Marshall was going to be in the top <laughs> four, and I and I said I would quit my radio show if, if Marshall was ranked in that top four. So I'm glad to say we're live on air tonight. We didn't have to quit. They're nowhere to be found. But one thing I noticed in this poll, Baylor sitting at 13. You remember mm-hmm. uh, the committee said head-to-head trade, but TCU's seventh. Baylor beat TCU. I was glad to see TCU, you know, where they are. They're a much better team than Baylor, even though they lost. I think the committee got that one right. Yeah, and, again, Baylor's in a spot now where they have their toughest competition coming up. And, again, the committee isn't rewarding teams for future games. Uh, Baylor goes out and wins those games. Baylor's going to be in an entirely different situation. Um, and what I like about Tutar is they said this isn't a ranking they're going to start with next week. They're going to start with a brand new ranking. Um, this is not a, um, you know, a committee that is going to be tied to uh, what they did the previous week. And so they're going to look at it week by week. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes we see. So I'll ask a question. If Auburn goes on the road this weekend and looks very impressive, I'm talking about they look good, how far up do you think they could go? Do you think they could overtake an undefeated team? Just say Florida State squeaks by Louisville, Auburn beats Ole Miss by 17 on the road. Do you think that committee would take into account and push Florida State down? It's possible. Um, You know, I mean, I don't know how probable it is, but it's possible. Um, uh, Mississippi State, we saw them struggle against uh, Kentucky. They didn't really look that great. Uh, they don't look that great against Arkansas. I mean, it's possible they end up three and, you know, maybe Auburn's one and Florida State's two again. I mean, I, I think a lot of things could happen here, uh, and we really are going to have to wait and see the games, which is uh, what I'd like to see the committee doing is let's, let's play them. Well, Trey, you know, Auburn struggled against South Carolina just recently. Let's pass Saturday. Yeah won a game by seven that they were favored 19 over, and here they are at number three. So I think the the committee, they, they look at more than style points, and, and surviving is the main thing they look at, I think. Who you beat, and it doesn't matter you beat them by three or 20. It's just you survived, and I think that committee gave Spurrier a lot of credit, even though South Carolina appears not to be as good with their record. It's still Steve Spurrier, and I think that committee looks at things like that. But I looked at Notre Dame being at 10, Trey, they're sitting here at 10 right now. I don't see them climbing up. I don't think it's possible for Notre Dame with their schedule to really climb up into that top four unless there's a lot of bias in it, which it's obviously maybe there's not. But do you see Notre Dame being able to come up there and get in the top four with that weak schedule? Well, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree their schedule's weak, and I don't think if they made it the top four it would be biased. I'll start with that. Uh, it's possible. I mean, their schedule is decent. Um, and depending on how team now teams went ahead of them, you know, it's going to be real tough. I think there there has to be some losses up there. Uh, one loss Notre Dame 
to Florida State, if Florida State were to stay unbeaten and let's say um, some other teams end up with two losses, uh, then, yeah, Notre Dame could get in. It's possible. Uh, but I, mean, I just don't see them. They're not in the best position, and they're not in the worst either. Well, I know I love saying that word because I know you hate it so much. <laughs> That's why I keep using it, biased. Trey is biased. He's always been in, in this whole poll. The <laughs> ACC getting about – how many teams does the ACC have ranked right now? Four or five? Four, yeah, four or five, yeah. That's a, that's that's saying a lot. So I mean, a lot of people that say the ACC sucks and you know and all this. Maybe not. I mean, you you look there. There's some depth in that conference, but Georgia, being at 11, a lot of people are aggravated at this, thinking they should be higher. But let's look at Georgia, Trey, and really, who has Georgia beat? I mean, I don't see a quality win besides Clemson on there, maybe. And they yeah. lost to South Carolina, so I, I I think maybe they could be down about 13, honestly, right now. I agree with you. I think that um, Georgia, you look at the loss, South Carolina, it's not good. I give them a lot of credit for being Clemson. Again, that's that's an out-of-conference game. They didn't have to play. Uh, They beat Clemson. Uh, Clemson's going to be a bowl team this year. They're not like what they were last year, but they're quality. Um, And so I give them credit for that, Tarvin. But, again, that's, that's their best win, and I think they need something else. I think that this year, if you're a one-loss team and you're trying to compete with other similarly situated one-loss teams, you're going to have to have a signature win, and I mean a top-10 win. Uh, and you know they're going to have to do it against, I think, against Auburn. If they, and that's going to be their shot. That's the only game they play for the rest of the season. I mean, that's the bad yeah. thing about Georgia. I mean, they they play Auburn. That's it. Win or lose. Georgia's in the Eastern – they're in the SEC championship game, which could really wreak havoc on some team like that. But I think I look at West Virginia 20, Trey. I, I would mm-hmm. put West Virginia ahead of Georgia right now. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, they lost to Alabama in a neutral site. They lost to Oklahoma. But, you know, they, they're winning games. They look better than Georgia. Do you think West Virginia is a little too low, even with two losses? Um. No, because, again, they have a, a shot this weekend to make me think that uh, that they're more than they are because they play TCU this weekend. It's a huge game, Tarvin, really is for them uh, because it's, they have you know what they consider a marquee win. And when I look at teams like that, Tarvin, I think, wow, when you already have your marquee win, you know, Clint Trinkett got his marquee win, and then the next game you play is against TCU, you know, a top-10 team. Those are usually bad recipes for success. So, you know, they they need to make theirs on the field right now. Yeah, if, if you look in the poll right now, there's no three-loss teams, and maybe there's they're not deserving. But you see Louisville snuck in there at 25, makes that game tomorrow night a little more interesting. I look at Oklahoma at 18, you know, and, and they're 5-2. and two. They've lost two. They're ranked ahead of LSU, which I've – I don't know if I agree with that, but five and two, Oklahoma has played better competition. I mean, they they did play Tennessee out of conference, like you said, they didn't have to. They went on the road to West Virginia, they won that game. They lost to a, a top Kansas State team. They're not terrible, and they lost to TCU. So Oklahoma's losses aren't bad. So I think the committee yeah. is kind of giving them a little bit for this, and then they're going to see what else Oklahoma can bring. So if Oklahoma wins out, they could get up in the top eight probably. I don't think they'll ever make it to the top four. Yeah, and there are teams that's real, 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 real struggling right now when it comes to the possibility of making it in just because, you know, you and I have 
sort of talk about ad nauseum, they don't have that plus game in the Big 12 championship to make an extra statement. Um, and, yeah, that can hurt you, but I think in their case, they would want to have that opportunity, and they're just not going to have it. Well, um, we'll we'll talk about the games here in just a minute. But Trey Todd Gurley announced today that that he's going to be back in time for guess what, Trey? The only game he plays all season that Georgia does uh, against Auburn. So if you're Gurley, do you even come back? I mean, do you say screw Georgia, man? You guys didn't have my back. I'm not coming back and, and risking my career for you, or or do you come back and play hungry? Which one is? Well, I think part of his part of his deal with the NCAA, he has to pay back some of that money. Um, so I guess if he chose not to do that, he could just walk away and say, NCAA, come get it. And they're, you know, they're not, and then bad validate. He'll, he'll come back. He'll pay that money. And I think he'll play. I mean, Gurley wants to be able to make a draft statement as well. Um, yeah, he comes back and, and rushes to win the Auburn game. Maybe he's even back on the highs of the contention. I doubt it. Um, no. It's a little bit interesting that people are talking about him for the Heisman still, and the guy's going to miss four games for being suspended. <laughs> I don't know, um, but he's still a premier. It's player. that SEC um, bias, man. It's that SEC <laughs> bias. I don't buy the SEC bias. I think that people, uh, you, know, you get certain players get hyped because people don't know the research, so I really think happens. But I think Gurley's a great player, a top five draft pick, maybe um, based on running backs in the NFL, but. Um, I'd love to see him play against Auburn because I want to see the best out there. I don't want him to play against Auburn because <laughs> this guy can take over. Can take over. But how does that affect the chemistry of Georgia right now? They're playing their best football, but again, they're playing the sisters of the poor of the East. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, how does that affect the chemistry? If you're Chubb, don't you feel like Gurley didn't leave because of an injury? He left because of breaking NCAA rules and getting suspended. So how do you feel if you're Chubb losing your job. Well, I think Chubb knows it's his job next year, so he probably obviously doesn't want it to happen, but um, I think Chubb's got his days ahead of him, so um, I think the chemistry will be fine, uh, but we'll see. I mean, this is Georgia's only rule of test, and if they don't if they don't absolutely pass it, you know, there's no shot for them. But he can go out and, and upset somebody in the SEC championship. I, I, I just don't see a great result for them. Trey, can you check your phone just a second, please? Make sure I'm, I'm going to check mine, too. It could be mine, but just to check and see if you got a little Bluetooth action going on here. Yep, I'm good. All right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's go over real quick the NFL before we get into college games. Again, I've got to be out of here. Uh, we can't go two hours tonight, but uh, I want to talk some football real quick. The first game you have picked for us in the NFL, the Ravens at the Steelers. I mean, these are two teams that's playing pretty well, but these are two teams that's schizophrenic as well, Trey. So I'm sure that's why you put that as your first game here. Give us your thoughts. Yeah. This game, the Steelers coming off what they did last week, I think people at the Colts, you know, this is one of those hangover games when you have your really best game of the season. The Steelers are playing at a really high level. They played twice in a row and looked real good. But Baltimore, I mean, schizophrenic really describes it pretty well. Uh, and they they're also are not a good road team. Um, I really think the, the Steelers might lose this game, but because their offense is playing at such a high level, Tarvin, and they're at home, I can't go against them. But this is one of those games that I would just definitely not be surprised if they laid a complete egg. Yeah, I'm a, I like Baltimore in this game. I just think it's time for, for Pittsburgh to cool down a little bit. I mean, this team – 
is not consistent. Now, I mean, I, what better team just to lay down for at home than Baltimore? I just don't think they can play at that level. Roethlisberger had a career day. He looks like he's he's 27 now, but uh, he looks healthy. And I, I just don't see it continuing. I like Baltimore in this game. We won't waste a lot of time on it. The next game, West Coast team, Chargers travel to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, a lot of people talk about the hangover, you know, the jet lag, your, your three hours, it's a morning game trade. Any impact of that going into your decision-making uh, picking this game? Yeah, I think it does matter. Now, the problem I have is, is Miami, uh, not exactly your most consistent team themselves at four and three. Uh, <laughs> and you notice all these teams that we sort of picking are over 500, which tells you this is kind of a playoff thing. But you, you talk about Miami, Tarvin, they've been a 3-1 and one team on the road and a 1-2 and two team at home. So this is not a team that has a tremendous home field advantage. Now, San Diego's playing 500, which is what you want out of a playoff team. You know, they're, they're, doing, they're sort of holding serve on the road. I think this is one of those t- sort of games they could sneak out a road win. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm not so fast you here. I'm going with the home team. Miami plays well at home for the most part. I think the time change does matter, so I'm going to go with Miami. Game number three, the Eagles coming off a devastating loss at the Texans. The good news for Philadelphia, Dallas lost as well, so they're still tied at first. But, but Trey, I, I can feel a hangover game coming here from, from Philadelphia. Well, this is a one-and-two road teams, and they're they're undefeated at home. So this is a an entirely – different team on the road and the Texans are you know two and one uh, at home this is a good home team um uh, a lot of me wants to pick the home team here uh and I seem to be taking the road team at least last game I did it I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna take the road team against the Eagles but this is one of those things I think the Texans could easily win this game Arian Foster has been playing amazing I think Foster and Watt have great games uh but I'm gonna give the Eagles slight advantage I'm going to go with the Texans at home. In the Dome, I like him. Uh, I like Jay Prosh, the fullback. Trey played for Auburn. you got to go with him. But, but but when Houston plays at home, they're they're a very good team. When they go on the road, not so great. And I think the hangover gets Philadelphia here. Uh, I just think they, they don't bounce back as fast. And with Dallas playing a, a big game that we're about to talk about now, I mean, how focused will Philadelphia be? Do they think Arizona's going to come in and beat Dallas? Maybe they to give them forgiveness for playing bad this week. But Tony Romo is the question in the Dallas game, Trey. Is he going to play or not? Is Dallas sandbagging the information? Because with without Romo, they don't have a chance to beat Arizona, I don't think. Yeah, and given the fact that, you know, making our picks now, and I might change them before Sunday, but Right now, I'm starving with, with Romo possibly out. I'm going to take Arizona because you're right. I don't think they have a shot with Brandon Whedon at the quarterback position, even though he looked okay. Um, if, if that changes, I'll probably change my pick on our website or our Facebook page. But uh, Romo, I mean, again, the Cowboys aren't a great home team. I mean, let's not forget that. The Cowboys have basically been a almost a road team at home. They're 3-2 and two at home and 3-0 and oh on the road. So this is a team that loses at home and seems to play better when they're not in Jerry world. Uh, which is another factor here. So if Romo doesn't play, I really don't like Dallas at home. They do play. I think the chances go way up. But I'm going to take Arizona for now, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to be with you taking Arizona until I can see Romo, what kind of help he's in. Um, So like you, I could change it. Dallas, you know, they laid an egg Monday night against Washington. I mean, that's the problem I have with the Cowboys. 
And to me, Trey, you're not going to be back, in my opinion, until you take care of business at home. I mean, that's Dallas. Monday night game, the biggest stage. They pull a choke job and lose to the sorry Washington Redskins. And Colt McCoy outduels the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, really? I mean, seriously. Are you are you considering Dallas to be back right now after that performance? No, I think that's a big loss. And, you know, these are one of those, one of those possible swing losses. Well, so, you know, you lose one and then it's a fluke, but you lose two and you're on the streak. So this is a big game for Dallas uh, after losing to Washington. You're right. Uh, I, I just – Arizona's playing such a, such good football and nobody's talking about it. Uh, I just like Arizona, especially if Roma doesn't play. Exactly. And our number one game of the night, the New England Patriots are home, a 425 Eastern kickoff against the Denver Broncos. And, and Trey, all you hear about in football now is Denver, Denver, Peyton Manning, Denver. Now they go on the road to Foxborough where Tom Brady has been a, a reborn, again, New England quarterback. So they're playing at a high level. Denver's playing at a high level. What gives here in this game? Well, I mean, what gives is the fact that you have a road team in Denver who's 1-1. One one. Again, this is a team with a tremendous advantage at home. Uh, but you know who also has a tremendous advantage at home is the New England Patriots. They're 4-0 this year. You look at last year. I mean, the record isn't a fluke in what they do at home. Bill Belichick, that home team, uh, one of the very true home field advantages uh, I like New England in this game, Tarvin. I think that the Denver defense is going to give up some yards to that sort of Tom Brady attack. And I don't know what he's drinking now, Tarvin, but I'd like some of it because Brady has been incredible. Um, I think he had his statistically best uh, football game he's ever played in the NFL last game, uh, which was pretty amazing at his age. So it looks like Brady <laughs> is, is, is for sure back, buddy. You know what it's called, don't you? It's called uh, anabolic steroids, possibly. I don't know. Maybe he just said, I need to play well. I need to pump myself up. But I'm with you on this game. I like New England at home. And I think this is a statement game for Tom Brady. And it kind of, you know, if they lose this game, they get embarrassed. It, It may set them back a little bit. But imagine the momentum Tom Brady and the Patriots can carry. If they get over this hurdle, they get past Denver. Who's to say New England's not the favorite? you know, to make it in the AFC. And that's the key. You don't want to go to Denver in the playoffs. This is a huge game for New England because this could determine home field advantage, Trey, in the AFC. I think uh, Brady and the coaching staff, everybody knows this, and I think they play their A game. I like New England to pull a slight upset at home over Denver. Yeah, you you and I are on the same page at least for that one, buddy. All right, buddy, and that takes us into the college football world. Trey, I hate your 10th game every week. I don't know why you do this to me. I'm just going to quit <laughs> picking it and just take a tie or something, just just quit picking game number 10. But we have the Tennessee Volunteers 3-5 and five at South Carolina 4-4. Four and four. And after South Carolina played so well Thursday or Saturday night against Auburn, Trey, I think you may have put this game up here for upset alert. <laughs> I mean, tell tell me if that's why you did that. Yeah, I think Carolina is, is possibly on upsell. A seven-point favorite, Tarvin. I think Tennessee has been sort of chopping wood all season long. Um, South Carolina, I don't have a lot of faith in them at all, Tarvin. I really don't. This is, you know, a Steve Spurrier team who I, I kind of wonder if they put everything they had in the last game uh, and they may be ready to a fold. What do you think, buddy? Am I, am I off here? No, I think you're – 
I think you're right on it. It it concerns me. One good thing going is Dobbs is the quarterback for, for Tennessee. He played very well against Alabama. When he came in, they were down 27 points or whatever. He brought them back to make it respectable. South Carolina, one thing I can tell you, they have zero defense. And if Dobbs can get this offense going, uh, Tennessee's defense is good enough to hold South Carolina better than Auburn did. So this could be definitely upset alert, but I think it's a night game in South Carolina, and I think that's the difference. I'd like Tennessee to win probably, Trey. I want to pick it, but because it's a night game, the heck with it. I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick Tennessee to beat South Carolina and show you that South Carolina is a terrible football team right now. Well, i tell you what, I came real close. This is, this is what the stat that really bothers me about Tennessee. They're 110. <sighs> which is pretty close to the worst football team in the country, and that's including, you know, the MAC and other teams at rushing the football. They're 110th at rushing the football. The rushing defense for Carolina is 96. These are two terrible teams when it comes to rushing, both offensively and defensively, and that's where this game's going to come down to. Uh, Tennessee, uh, passing defense, 13th. Passing offense for Carolina, 29th. So this is going to come down to who can rush the football and who can stop it. Um I kind of like in that regard that Carolina is going to be able to control the game. Tennessee has not been able to control a football game, running the football at all in any way. So I give – because it is a night game part, and I agree with that part matters to me. I give Carolina a slight edge. I think they're going to – this is going to be a flat Carolina team. I do too. I mean, it's just a tough one to pick. I may change my mind, but for right now, I'm going to pick the upset. The next game, you're staying in the east with us here, Missouri at home. Play in Kentucky, and Kentucky, how beat up are they after that game last week to go into Missouri now, a six-and-a-half-point underdog, a four-o'clock game in Missouri, Trey. Who do you like? Yeah, this is one of those things where everybody's talking about how the U.K. is, is a better team than people think they are, but they're real thin, and I just don't think that, um, honestly, they're healthy enough right now. to. I think this is going to be a Missouri win. I, don't, I think maybe we're talking about 14 points, maybe more. Missouri's not great. Um, we know that at home with Indiana. But, I mean, this, I think the Carolina – yeah, I think the Kentucky team isn't as good as people give them credit for right now. They're improving, but I think Missouri's in a better place. Yeah, I'm with you. I think both of these teams are not very good, and I, I think Missouri wins the battle. And this could be a very ugly game, Trey. It could be one of those you yeah. don't even want to watch. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't think I probably will watch it, actually. <laughs> Nah, I don't. I don't think that made my list for the week, but it made your top ten. That's all that matters. I'm going to pick Missouri, and our number eight game. You think CBS is kicking themselves right now, Trey, for picking Georgia and Florida early in the, you know, before the season started when you could have had Ole Miss mm-hmm. and Auburn on CBS, but Florida comes in with one of the most anemic offenses in the country. And, you know, one thing that might surprise you, Georgia is actually worse in the passing game than Florida. I don't know if that surprised you or not. <laughs> No, I, did, I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, you're talking about 108th versus 90th. Um, and, Tarvin, how, how many times have I said on this show that Hudson Mason is not a good quarterback? Uh, and I, I think the stats show that. He's, he's not a qualified quarterback. He's not one of the, He's not anywhere near the shell of what we saw with Georgia last year. Well, well, Trey, if he was a good passing quarterback, do you think they'd be running 80 times a game with the same <laughs> running back? No, no. I think they ha- I think they run people. Oh, their running attack is so great. Uh, it has to be because their passing attack is so terrible. 
Yes, you're you're exactly right. In this game, uh, I give Florida a shot if they can stop the run because they can stop the run. Florida can, and they make Hudson Mason beat them. And Florida, you know, when you have a rival game like this, this could be Muschamp. The players like Muschamp for some reason. Um, they're going to fight hard for him until adversity hits. That's the key. Can Georgia make adversity hit to Florida? And they say, here we go again. Trey, this is a tough game. There's a 13-point spread on this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. too high. I think it's way too high, man. I, I think looking at this, it should be lower. I think this game's going to be close, but I think Georgia finds a way to win at the end because Florida's offense is just not that great. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Florida, Florida's done pretty good on the rushing defense, but they haven't done great when it's counted, uh, for instance, against Alabama. So I think that Florida um, – 90th passing offense. Trayon Harris, um, despite all his uh, troubles, is back and will play a lot of this game. Now, that could change that that statistic, Carvin. Um, I really think that I do like Georgia, though, because I, I just think Jeremy Pruitt's defense is improving. 47th versus the pass, yeah. not great, but they're really good against the run. I think Pruitt makes Trayon Harris turn the ball over. And I think that's the difference, but I agree with you. It's going to be close, and I think Trayon Harris, um, despite what people think about him off the field, is a pretty good football player on the field, and, and we're going to see part of that this, this this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Georgia is improving a little bit, and, and they're lucky they don't have to really play any competition while they're trying to to work all their problems out. Because could you imagine if Georgia had a tough schedule when they were struggling, when they were playing South Carolina and teams like that? They'd already have three or four losses now, and they wouldn't have yeah, time to recruit. But but I like Georgia in this one because Florida's just that bad. And let's move on to here we go again, Trey. Stanford, Oregon. I mean, mm-hmm. can Oregon find a way to beat Stanford? I don't care how big their favorites are, where it's played. Stanford seems to own Oregon. Well, I mean, think about it. Stanford got three losses, Tarvin, and the spread is only eight at home in Oregon. So, I mean, it, it, we're not the only people scratching our heads at what Oregon may or may not do. Um, Part I don't know if you know this, but Stanford is top five in defense against the pass and the ru- and the rush. Uh, they're they're real good defensively. The problem is, and again, I, I've been saying this, their quarterback's terrible. Hogan is a terrible quarterback, um, worse than Hudson Mason. Um, 60th on pass. Rushing the ball is, is actually worse than it's been. In, that's pro- so offensively, they're terrible. This is probably the year, Tarwin, that that finally Oregon breaks through uh, because. Again, Oregon, uh, the pass defense is 110th. So if Hogan can pass the ball, Tarvin, it'll be against Oregon. But I think Oregon can score even against this really good Stanford defense, uh, and that's really going to be the difference. I just don't think Stanford has the points ability to score. Uh, Oregon eventually will score points. Tarvin, are you there? Hey, Tarvin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Hold on. Let me, let me try the caller again. Maybe I was on mute, and that's what, what screwed it up. 334 area code. You're on way in sports. What's going on, man? It's Paul. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good, Paul. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Paul? Just figured I'd call him and see how y'all were doing tonight listen to the show. I'm going to call in and say what was up, maybe get a few picks in. 
All right. Well, well, join us. Stanford and Oregon right here, man. Who do you like? Ah, man. You're going to give me a tough one off the bat. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Oregon for the simple fact that I think this is not Stanford of old. You know, they've really been struggling this year. And, you know, I'm just – I think Oregon's picking that, that train up. You know, they're just picking that speed up. And this just isn't the Stanford team, like I said, of old. So I'd go with Oregon here. Well, I'm going to go with Oregon as well. Like Trey said, it's it's this offense of Stanford that's a problem. The defense is great, but how long, Trey, is Stanford going to be able to hold up defensively on the road against Oregon? I mean, that fourth quarter is going to be tough for that defense if they're not moving the football. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this will be a fourth-quarter game. We're going, to, we're going to all look at this game, and we'll be hopefully some of us will be watching it late. And we're going to look and be like, man, Stanford is still hanging around. It's at halftime. It's third quarter. But eventually, you're going to see Mariota, who's playing incredible right now. I think he's going to make a lot of good decisions. I think he'll get forced into a turnover or two. Uh, that defense is good in Stanford, and people don't realize how good they are. They just don't realize how bad that offense has been. And I think Oregon's going to find a way to score eventually, and, and they're not going to be able to hold them back. All right. Well, everybody's got Oregon right now, the number six game, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Trey, I'll start with you. I I'll just tell you what I think. I think Kansas State finally opens the game up. They finally got through that tough stretch. I think being back at home, they're going to take care of business early. I don't think this is even close. Well, I mean, totally possible. Kansas State at home, kind of a – obviously, they've played much better. I mean, what is what is going on with Bill Snyder? This guy um, seems to get one-star and two-star guys to play incredible – I, like, I really like what Kansas State is doing in offense this year. Um, but with that said, Tarvin, this is a, a very up-and-down team. They look really good offensively at times this year, really bad. They're about mid-50s for both passing and rushing. Defense 62nd against the pass. Uh, problem is, is, again, we talked about this, J.W. Walsh isn't going to play for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State not a team that can win on the road without him. The pass defense, the 105th, have been terrible. Uh, I think Kansas State wins it pretty pretty snugly. All right, Paul, who do you like? Trey, do you happen to know, or Brian, do you happen to know what time the kickoff is? 8 o'clock. Oh, Kansas State all the way. Yeah, Oklahoma State just doesn't have the gas this year, man. Kansas State. All right, well, number five game, Arizona goes on the road to UCLA trade, Arizona's 12th right now in the polls. I'm, I'm not talking about the committee. I don't have that pulled up again. But Arizona, this is going to be a tough game. This is going to – this could hurt Oregon, Trey. If Arizona comes out here and loses to UCLA, it could make that Oregon loss look even worse. And maybe you see them, if they don't look impressive against Stanford, drop a little bit. Who do you like, Trey? Well, this is the first of the five top 25 games uh, I, I went off the committee's rankings for these for these teams, and I will do so for the rest of the week. So it's number 12 against number 22. Arizona as a team that has historically been a different team on the road. For whatever reason, they don't play like they do at home. Um, this year seems to be a little bit different. They're eighth in passing this year. This is a very good passing team, very terrible pass defense, 116th. Uh, pass defense for UCLA, 100th. This is going to be a game where Hunley uh, and Arizona go back and forth up and down the field. 
Harvin, I haven't picked with UCLA much this year, but I do think UCLA upsets Arizona in this game. Um, I just think that, that Hundley is going to find some way to, to score on this defense. Um, and I say upset, even though they're favored six and a half. So um, I think most people think Arizona wins it. All right, Paul? Uh, I apologize, I didn't catch it. Where, where is the game at? Is it at UCLA or at Arizona? So UCLA. All right. It's a toss-up for me, but I think I'll go with the home team. I'll go with UCLA. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA in this one. Hunley's going to be too much for Arizona, and it's going to show the Pac-12 just going to cannibalize themselves just like the SEC could possibly do if they're not careful. It's just tough opponents every week. So the committee likes UCLA in this game, and that takes us to the number four game, TCU at West Virginia. And I'm getting an echo. One of y'all check your phones, please. If you're on speaker, please turn it off. Thank you. Trey, West Virginia is at home in this one. College game day is going to be there. Um, It's a big game is all I can tell you. Yeah, I mean, Clint Trinket in West Virginia, I've been singing his praises since the Alabama game. They're ninth in the nation in passing. That's pretty good. Uh, Geno Smith didn't have those kind of numbers um, for this part, this this far in the season. Uh, they're they're mediocre on pass offense, uh, actually rush offense, pass defense, and rush defense. TCU is sixth in the nation passing the ball, and we've all seen what Boykin can do. Last week was incredible. I I wonder about the letdown. I know T- TCU scored 82 points. Uh, they seem to be just focused. I wonder about the letdown for West Virginia. Everybody coming to town sort of the overhyped. I think this is going to be a very good game. I don't think West Virginia um, is going to be able to score as much as TCU will in this game, Tarvin. I, I just – TCU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with TCU. Yeah, I've had to go with TCU in this one because of defense. I, I think TCU's defense is better than West Virginia's. And I like their quarterback. I know Trick is having a, a great season and everything, but – I like the dual threat guy at Texas, you know, at TCU. He knows how to score. He knows how to lead. And I think they see themselves in that ranking. This is not a, a coach team that's going to let that get to their head. So we'll see what Paul's, Paul says on this one. But we like TCU so far, Paul. Well, I hate to do it, you guys, but I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going with West Virginia. College game day is there, Morgantown. I think it's going to be bumping and going. And I, I really think West Virginia looks – they looked as good as we thought they did against Alabama. They're playing well. They're improving. And I'm going to go with the West Virginia upset. All right, good pick. I mean, that's it's, it's possible. We'll see. Our number three game trade, this is dear to your heart. I think if Florida State wins this game, they're going to be rolling the rest of the season and in the playoff. Nobody can beat them. Is Louisville the team, Trey, or do you want me to pick somebody else to go first? How about you guys go ahead? All right, Paul, since you love Florida State, go ahead and start. <laughs> well, there's been a whole bunch of silly, you know, shenanigans going on this week between Louisville and Florida State. You know, apparently there was a restaurant, real quick, there was a restaurant in Louisville that took crab legs off their menu, you know, to poke fun. And then apparently when the FSU team got into town, they went and ate at like a Joe's Crab Shack or something like that as a shot back to that restaurant or whatever. But pure and simple, you know, I get the whole Thursday night myth, but sometimes I don't. So 
I'm going to go with Florida State over Louisville. I just don't think they can handle it. I think it'll be close for for three quarters, but uh, Jameis, you know, regardless of what he does off the field, he's the best player on the field in college football right now. And I think he'll just pull him away late like he usually does. Well, this line has dropped a lot. I mean, it's dropped trade from seven to three and a half. Um, a lot of people betting on Louisville right now. But I think, you know, the Thursday night games on the road are tough, but not always. But I think the defense of Louisville is going to give some problems and keep them in it early. I just don't have a lot of faith in the offense of Louisville. That's, that's where I'm struggling to see. How are they going to keep up? I know Florida State's going to be able to score some points, but this over-under is 50 and a half. I, I kind of maybe smell an upset, Trey, in this one because this is the game, Florida State. This is the pressure. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they're out. So I'm going to pick Florida State because every time I pick against them, they just continue to win and, and hurt my record. So until Florida State shows me they're going to lose, I'm going to keep picking them. So I'm going to go with Florida State. Well, I mean, I heard a lot about Louisville's defense, Tarvin, but I was I was shocked. They're, they're the first ranked defense against the rush in, in college football uh, and 10th against the pass. That's pretty good. I mean, I didn't expect that out of, out of Louisville. Uh, you're right, rushing offense and passing offense are not great, uh, but passing offense, uh, Florida State is. Uh, but the defensively, Florida State's been mediocre. I think this is going to be a very interesting game, and it's going to go one of two very dramatic ways. We're going to see Louisville, I think, either upset Florida State, Tarvin, and just outright, or I think we're going to see Florida State blow them out. I think this is going to go one of those quick ways, you know, where Louisville is going to actually do it. Uh, finally, the Florida State, or Florida State's going to go take care of business. Um, I'm going to go with Florida State sort of out of, out of my heart, but I'll tell you what, I, right now, Tarvin, I would not be surprised if that defense for Louisville completely shuts down Florida State. I mean, I just, they're struggling on offense uh, other than Jameis Winston. Um, and that defense is legitimate for Louisville. So uh, I'm going to stick with Florida State, Tarvin, but I'm telling you, Louisville's, Louisville's has been under the radar, but they're pretty good. All right, so Florida State's a sweep, but watch out. I mean, you never know in conference play what can happen. And you know Louisville had this game circled on their schedule all season, Trey. You know they want to come into the ACC. They want to beat Florida State. They want to send a message. And Bobby Petrino is just a big enough jerk to do it. I mean, he's, I mean, this team can win, so you have to watch yeah. that. But this is a statement game for Louisville. So we'll, we'll yeah. pick Florida State and see what happens. And the number two game, 17 Utah at 14 Arizona State, uh, both 6-1 and one here. And this is big for the committee, I think. This game's huge because Utah is showing they can win games. But one thing I fear about Utah, Trey, is them going on the road. They're playing on the road at Arizona State. Arizona State plays like a different team at home. I think they have no trouble no trouble with Utah in this game. I think Arizona State could blow them out. Yeah, I mean, Utah has been winning despite statistical anomalies that should say otherwise. Um, while they're good against the rush target at 19th, they are 95th and 97th of half offense and defense. This is a team that should not be playing as well as they are statistically. They just they seem to not be able to throw or, or guard against the throw. And, and guess what? Arizona State, I think their starting quarterback, Kelly's back, 18th in the country against all, with uh, their passing offense without him. Uh, Target, I, I just think that yeah, you're right. I think Arizona State's going to win this one, and I think it's going to be pretty good. I think this is where uh, Utah comes sort of into that – 
that bus all part of their schedule and they're going to get beat. Well, see if Paul disagrees with us like he has in the past. Paul, I mean, who do you like in this? Uh, can you guys hear me? I had a little trouble there. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm going to go with uh, Arizona State. Uh, I agree with everything Trey said. I do believe Kelly's back. I, I watched that game where he got hurt. I was worried he was going to have a concussion, but if Trey says he's back, he's back. Um, I don't know if you guys missed it. I posted in the, the group, but Utah's leading wide receiver is out for the season. Yeah. So knowing that information and coupling with Kelly being bad and on the road at Arizona State, I'm going to go with Arizona State. All right. Well, that takes us to the number one game. I mean, this you know, the committee came out at the perfect time, Trey. You have number three, number four, number three being a slight underdog on the road. I mean, what gives in this game, Trey? Well, I think what we need to see, Tarvin, is, is Auburn has to improve passing the football in this game. Ole Miss legitimately top 25 all-around defense, 16th and 23rd respectively pass and rush. Auburn 10th against the rush. We know that's going to be a, a key moment in the trenches, which team wins the trench battle. Um, but here's the thing, Tarvin, if they can't win the trench battle, they're going to have to throw the football, and Auburn has not done that well, 81st in college football with that. Um, but Ole Miss has got his own struggles offensively. I think what it comes down to is the trenches, Tarvin, and I think Auburn passes a little bit better than they have. I'm going Auburn on the road here. I just Ole Miss and Bo Wallace, I don't have faith. I think the defense, if they make some turnovers, if they win the turnover battle, Ole Miss is going to win this football game. But I think if they don't win the turnover battle or if it's even neutral, I think Auburn's going to find a way because they'll have just enough passing to win and they'll keep rushing until they find the advantage on the trenches. Good pick, Paul. I'm going to start this pick out with, I don't know if you, again, I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but Ole Miss lost their uh, captain and leader of their defense, Denzel Nkandichi, for the year. He's a linebacker. Um, as you know, the linebacker usually calls all the plays and all that out on the defense, but I know, Brian, we said it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. It might sound like, you know, beating a dead horse, but I think, like Trey said, I think Marshall's going to come out and have his, you know, Hello America game, and I'm going with Auburn. Yeah, and, and one thing I noticed against the South Carolina, the Auburn offense had drives, Trey. Uh, they had six touchdown drives. Every one of them were over 75 yards. Two were over 90 Three were over 80, I think, somewhere around in there. But it was running and passing. They ran for 300 yards. Um, it's just they're they're starting to get faster on offense. And when I when I mean faster is as soon as that ball hits the ground, they're back up at the line of scrimmage and they're being able to take advantage. And it took a few weeks, and maybe they were holding back a little bit, not running as fast. But it's easier to run fast at home than it is on the road. So I want to see – like Paul said, is this Nick Marshall show? Is this welcome, here I'm back, let me take the Heisman away from people? This is his game. But but one thing that worries me a little bit is playing on the road is Ole Miss was left for dead Saturday night, losing to LSU. You know, they're a little down and out on themselves, and all of a sudden they turn on the TV, and they're number four. So they're like, wow, hey, you know, we're not as bad as, as we thought we were. We're not out of it. They're right back in it. So Bo Wallace – I'm still interested to see how that locker room is going to react to Bo Wallace making that bad decision 
to go against the coach's wishes and throw that ball into double coverage in the end zone to get it picked off. But I think the difference in this game is going to be Ole Miss cannot run the football. I don't think they'll be able to against Auburn. I think Auburn will find success. I don't know if they'll run for 300 yards, but it wouldn't surprise me because some of the biggest games they've played in, they've run the ball better. So so we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a tough game. I think Auburn wins it, but I don't think the loser's eliminated like a lot of people think. I just think there's a lot of football left to be played. But I'll take Nick Marshall and Gus Malzahn over Bo Wallace and Hugh Freeze. I think if you look at those four people and you compare two to two, Auburn's just a better football team overall in general. So, Trey, I mean, everybody's picking Auburn here. I mean, give me a score, Trey. Give me something I can think about. I have 38-28 is what I got, Tarman. I'd be happy with that. Paul, what's your score? If I had to, I'd 24-13, Auburn. 24. You know what? I saw a ridiculous stat again. Where Auburn scores 30, Trey, they're almost – so what are they like four hundred and three or something when they score over thirty points, something crazy like that? I think Auburn gets to thirty eight. I think it's about thirty eight is where I like them. I think Ole Miss gets to about twenty seven. I think you're going to see a thirty eight twenty seven win by Auburn, and I'm interested to see how they play on the road, Trey, because they played bad against Kansas State on the road. They played bad against Mississippi State. If they play bad Saturday night, they're going to lose. I mean, there's no being able to play yeah. bad this time of year on the road and win. So they got to play their A game, and they have to bring it. So I'm excited, man. This is a, a little better week of football now that the committee's come out and, and given their rankings. Well, Brian, I want to ask you and Trey a quick question about that game. How do you do? You think anything's going to translate from uh, Hugh Freeze basically throwing his quarterback under the bus by confirming to the media that that was not the play that was called? You never know. Trey? I think this is, I mean, I think we're going to start seeing cracks in Ole Miss. I think this is a game we start seeing, whether it's the locker room stuff or whether it's just a chemistry issue on the field. I I don't have any faith in Bo Wallace as a a playoff quarterback. Um, I think in big games, Bo Wallace is rare to show up. People think he's inconsistent. I think most of the time he's not very good in big games. I think that's what we see. Well, I'll, I'll say this, that the Ole Miss was fortunate early. Their schedule was a little lighter, and then they started playing. They played Alabama, they played Texas A&M, and they played LSU. Well, after those three games, Trey, during those three, they started falling. A lot of the players getting dinged up, injuries. It's a depth issue. We've talked about this on this show many times, teams in the second half, they have the depth, kind of like Alabama, teams like that. Auburn's trying to build it. I think they have better depth than Ole Miss. This is where the injuries start mounting, and this is where you find out, really, the holes you were talking about. What are, what are your weaknesses? And I think Ole Miss's weaknesses are they they haven't been challenged as much, and when they did get challenged these last three games, they started getting beat up a little bit. And I think Auburn's more battle-tested, especially on the road, because if you look at Ole Miss, they played A&M on the road and LSU, where Auburn's went to went to Kansas State and Mississippi State and played on the road. So I, I just think at the end of the day, there's no cowbells in Ole Miss, thank God. Hopefully they don't bring them out. And I think Auburn takes care of business. But, Trey, anything before we go, buddy? No, I think it's we have five ranked teams in the committee who are going to lose this week at least. 
so, you know, we're going to see a shakeup next week. We're going to see a reevaluation of the, this poll or this ranking that they do. So I really think that um, be prepared to see something different next week. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good news from Auburn here saying we beat Ole Miss. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the archive if you missed it. We'll see you Sunday. Yeah.